But actually, well-being for me means conversation. It means about understanding people. It means about really working out what, what makes them tick um, and giving them a voice, making them feel heard. Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Isabel Cripps on the show. Uh, good morning and welcome to you, Isabel. Good morning. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, it's good to have you and good to see you today. Uh, I'm just going to tell uh, the audience a little bit about you, but I'm sure we'll share uh, a bit more about you as, as we have our conversation. Uh, so you thrive on variety. I can see that from what you do. You go from personal development coaching to sports therapy to writing and marketing, and uh, you have your own sports therapy and well-being coaching clinic, which I think you're sitting in it right now. I am. Uh, and you've had a number of clients, uh, certainly from football uh, world uh, in, in there as well um, but you also work with restaurant groups and you coach their front of house teams uh, as well so you've got a, a variety of uh, roles a variety of experience and worked with a lot of uh, SMEs over that time and today we will be exploring well-being in the workplace uh, quite an important thing to talk about at this moment uh, you know what does it really mean and why does it matter to SMEs but before we go there Isabel I want to know a little bit more about you and understand but what do you love about what you do wow well I'm very lucky to be able to say that I really do love what I do so I think that's the first thing it's something that I have you know I, over the years I've kind of fine-tuned my skills and I am now incredibly passionate about everything I do um, and there's a lot of variety as you say but I I love most of all the connection with people I'm I'm just a I'm a people's person, and um, I to find to find over the years to find what I was good at was really difficult for me because I always felt that I needed to be more academic, um, you know. Just I always felt that I needed to be more intelligent. But actually, what I realised that I had, which was just an integral part of me, was an emotional intelligence. So I think that's what led me probably to personal development coaching. It was kind mm -hmm. of happening throughout my career in restaurants. Um, and I recognized this love, this real need to connect with people and to support them on their journeys. And it sounds slightly cliched and I don't, you know, I don't want it to, but that, that's really what it is. That's what I feel passionate about. Um, and actually a lot of what I do from the coaching to the sports therapy is really about supporting people. You know, it's about mm -hmm. helping people move forward. And it's incredibly rewarding. So, yeah, that's that's it, really, in a nutshell. And, and it seems 
on on the face of it, you've got this variety and how they're all connected. But just what you said mm. there, it's this sort of supporting and helping people seems to be at the very core of it really doesn't it yeah absolutely it does and I think some I used to be really embarrassed about the fact that I was quite multifunctional I used to feel uh, I I almost labeled myself as being um, a jack of all trades and master of none but I've recognized now that it's not that at all because everything I do I believe I do well because I do it wholeheartedly and willingly um, and I think if you do things from the right place, you know, you're coming from the right place, you will do them well. And I'm interested and I'm engaged. So I think, yeah, I now recognize that I'm just a person that needs variety because it stimulates me. So if I did the same thing every single day of the week, I just don't think it would bring out the best in me. I think mm. I would lose a little bit of my passion. But because I can, I can maybe spend two days doing sports therapy, um, and I can spend a couple of days coaching, and and another day writing, and I've got this lovely blend. Mm. I just feel really, com- I feel really complete in what I'm doing. So yeah, that's it's good. Now I know you're you're passionate about well-being, and you know well-being's been sort of high on the agenda and it actually has increased on the agenda in organizations in the last couple of years uh, in, in the light of, of the pandemic. And I guess lots of organizations are out there thinking, okay, well-being, need to do something about this. What do I need to do? What is it? And I want today just to explore a bit more about that and get some, mm. a bit more clarity on it. Cause I've had a number of guests on well-being, which I think is quite nice because I want to get different viewpoints and different perspectives, yeah. which adds a lot more layer to the understanding. So what, what does well-being mean to you in the workplace? Well, I think what well-being means, whether it's in the workplace or in life, I think it, it means the same thing. It, it means about it's, a, it's something that's beyond happiness. It's just a general feeling of purpose, and um, I suppose contentment in many ways, because, you know, if you're if you're if you have a sense of purpose in your work and you feel contented with the people that you're working with and for, um, then, you know, you're going to be far more productive. So but well-being in the workplace specifically, I think and I, I've given this a lot of thought over the last few years because I've worked with lots of um, businesses, small businesses medium-sized business, well, larger enterprises. And I think where where we go wrong is that we kind of just think we can package something. We can kind of say, okay, this we're doing these things for you. We're looking after our, our staff by, by giving them this, this, and this. But actually, well-being for me means conversation. It means about understanding people. It means about really working out what what makes them tick um, and giving them a voice, making them feel heard. Mm. Um, Because that's essential. Everybody wants to feel understood. Everyone wants to feel heard. And it doesn't matter whether you've got a small team or a big team. There should always be something in place that allows you to have these conversations. and, you know, the bigger the corporation, obviously, that you dilute that down. But there should be, you know, within teams, there should be someone that looks after, say, 30 people. 
they're the ones that are responsible for finding out what those what makes those people tick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just uh, it 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 really does come down for me. It's it, it's a simple case of finding out who your people are, mm-hmm. what they need, and how you can bring out the best in them. Because it's interesting what you say there. I think a lot of organisations see it as a almost not a transactional thing, but a they buy a bolt-on of various things that will yeah. help their teams. And I'm not saying some of those bolt-ons or services are helpful, but it's it's going back to the core of it, isn't it? And exactly. I guess almost it means getting to the place of creating a well-being culture, uh, yeah. or a mindset or an approach, however you want to term the word. So, so if you're an SME now and or any business now, how do we sort of get to a place where it's not sort of clunky, transactional and buying fruit for people? I'm offering mm. gym memberships and I'm doing days free and all this sort of stuff, which are all helpful and that's fine. But yeah. what what sort of strategy that would help get back to that core of making, a, I suppose, a cultural thing? Well, I think the first thing to do is recognize that whatever you do with your people needs to be a demonstration of your values as a business. So, you know, it's like when you when you're when you're looking like when you coach parents, you say to parents, OK, uh, when you when you parent your children, are you doing that in line with your own values? Because, you know, as parents, we contradict ourselves. We, you know, it's not what I it's not what I do. It's what I say. And I think it's really important for businesses to view it like that. You know, you've got, it's like a little, it's a community that you have. It's like a family and it's not just a written statement. So it's the same way that you would want to understand what your children enjoy at school and what makes them tick and how they enjoy their day. I think employers have a responsibility to understand um, and have these conversations with their teams. And as I say, you know, the bigger the corporations, you can't really do that. But when you've got a small business, I think quite often they think, oh, we can't afford to put this stuff in place. We can't afford to sit and have these conversations. It takes too much time. But actually, you've got to look at how effective your, you know, what you're doing with your team is. So if you put a package in place for well-being, you know, for days out, and, you, you know, you've got this kind of like, oh, right, we're going to do fruit on a Friday. We're going to do lunch on this day. We're going to do um, a day out here once every six months. Everyone's so different, Julian. You know, mm-hmm. you and I both know through our coaching and disc personality profiling, if you've got a team, you can guarantee, right, that you've got people working together that they have no understanding of how the other one ticks. Their styles are completely mismatched. You throw them all together and you expect them to all kind of just work harmoniously and be productive together. And it doesn't work like that because we're all so individual. Mm. And when people show that they're interested in you as an individual, that's when you start to feel like you're a valued member or part of that team. So I think we start, we strip it right back and we go back to the basics. And we have these conversations. We look at people's styles. You know, I know everyone sort of views it as a little bit American, but actually disc personality profiling is pro- its just genius because it kind of helps you understand why when you give someone something to do 
or you take them on a day out and they don't engage with it. That's why, because actually their personalities aren't suited to that. Mm. You know, it's like you don't fit a square peg into a round hole. You, we, we've kind of got to work more on an individual basis. Mm. And it probably sounds like hard work, but actually I don't think it is. And I think my experience of that, like when I was, you know, Gillian, who you interviewed for this podcast, now she, she runs, I mean, this, this woman's incredible. She runs like a little empire, which she just sold to Workspace PLC. Now, the one I worked for her as a freelancer and still do for 20 years. And the one thing that stood out for me, the way she managed, was the fact that she actually had conversations, proper conversations Mm -hmm. with all of her staff. Now, admittedly, she didn't have hundreds of people working for her, but she ensured that her, her director underneath her was very hands on. So she gave her the autonomy to take time to have those conversations. So they knew their team really well. They understood, you know, that they might need flexible working hours. They understood that, you know, they, they had a parent that had, you know, that was ill um, and that they needed time for that. So everything was kind of almost bespoke. Mm. And she gave everybody a voice. And she also gave them trust. Because if you don't show that you trust people, mm. you shouldn't really, you shouldn't really be employing them. And I think there is a bit of a culture, which you said it, you know, you, we need to build a culture within businesses. And if the culture is based on trust, then you will get the best out of people. Um, and, and that trust, listen, there'll always be the odd one that will blow it. Mm. Okay. That's going to happen. You know, but generally, when people feel trusted and they feel heard, they will give you the best of them. I like what you said before when you said about stripping it back and getting back to almost the basics, really, isn't it? And I think yeah. with well-being, as, as what the word says about well-being, is, is, is mm. making sure that that other human being is well, isn't it? Yeah. And having yeah. that intense and that interest in that individual individually and I think it does start uh, individually uh, in terms of having those conversations and yeah I think just being interested in people's yeah. lives and you know starting to engage with people just like yeah Julian would do engage individually uh, and that's difficult sometimes when you start growing as a business um what what are the benefits of, of having that approach and having a sense of well-being as part of your strategy as a business what what are the benefits of the business i mean obviously there's some obvious ones but what other what what would you perceive as the benefits of the business are there some financial benefits to this as well oh absolutely but the problem with a lot of these things is it's a bit like pr sometimes it's hard to measure you know Mm. you know that it has a positive effect well, you'd like to think it has a positive effect. It normally does. But it's hard to measure some of this stuff. But, I mean, when you speak to Matt Phelan, okay, for the happiness index, that is a brilliant business because that does measure happiness. But it measures well-being more than happiness because we can't be happy all the time. You can't be in a job where you feel happy all the time. We're human beings. It just doesn't work like that. But well-being you know, it is measurable. Um, he measures it through data collection, which is 
amazing. I mean, I'm not a geek, but I do love a little bit of data. And, um, you know, you can look at if you if you invest in people and you think about, you know, well-being covers physical and mental. Okay, so if you're investing and you're listening and you're hearing and you're giving people an element of what they need to function really well at work. okay, then they will be more productive. They will not dread going to work. I mean, most people take days off sick because they feel mentally exhausted. Most of the time, they're not, it's not even a physical thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I actually don't feel in a place where I can go and face people today. But that would change a lot if you had, um, an, an, you worked in an organization where the boss understood and cared and you knew that you weren't just another person that had to deliver a deadline or had to, you know, bring in a certain amount of sales every week. You know, if your sales drop, you want someone that says, okay, so what's happening with you? Tell me, tell me how things are at the moment. So, of course, people will be more productive if they are happier. So if you're happy going to that place of work, you're going to take less days off sick. Mm. Physically, that's going to have a benefit. As a, as a sports therapist, I can never, ever emphasize enough to people that everything they feel and everything they experience emotionally will manifest in a physical way mm-hmm. and I've only got to put my get my hands on you know it doesn't matter whether it's a child a young sports person whether it's an adult um, someone that's highly stressed running a business you feel the stress the minute you start exploring mm-hmm. and people carry that stress around with them and you can go into offices and I've gone in on this level where I've worked with people to put a well-being package in place. And we've looked at the team and we've asked the team, OK, what is it you need? What, what would make you feel better? You know, is it that you need a personal stretchology session? Is it that you need a treatment to help your neck and shoulders? Is it that you need postural guidance? Is it that you need to take an hour at a different time to go home and walk your dog? just looking at them as individuals. And then, you know something, when people go back to their desks and they come in in the morning, they, they just, they feel valued. And I think it's, a lot of businesses think that that's hard work, but actually it's, you, you, you're going to lose money if you don't do it. Mm. I think it's, it's, it's getting this well-being, and, and we talked about purpose before, talk about why you do what you do. And it's having that sense of that purpose or the the core of what you're trying to do or an objective, how you want to term it, or a goal. Yeah. Um, and we've we've gone back to that stripping back and we've gone to the individual created trust in the in the in the sort of uh, in the business and we're interested in people. Yeah. What are the next steps? And you talked about some of the packages you offer. What what other strategies do we need to sort of think about to make this that it's not just the the owner or the leader that's that's doing the well-being but it becomes a function of the business um and not just culture but what, what strategies will help i guess facilitate that culture well i suppose if i was looking at how to strategize any well-being program it would start with the communication with everybody so if you've got a really big team then you obviously need to delegate to you know, someone senior and say, right, you're going to you're going to have this conversation with your your team and you're going to have this conversation with your team. But I would be invested in those conversations. I would be wanting to hear. 
I'd want people to see that I was present if I was able to be. And I'd want my team to feed back what they want, what they need, what would make them feel valued. Um, And I wouldn't be forcing things on them. I'd obviously be implementing some things myself that I think are good. You know, for instance, I really love the idea of in an office. um, And I've just written a little blog on this, actually. Um, You know, plant life. Research shows us if we have plant life in offices and natural daylight, we're far more productive. So you can do the simple things and you can make those decisions without having to ask people. But I worked with a, a, a small team locally to me, actually, and the the, the chap that runs the business, he's a sports therapy client of mine. And he asked me to go in and he said to me, Isabel, how do I look at a wellbeing program for myself? I don't know where to start. And I went into his office and I said, okay, the first thing I'm going to say is that everything about your office doesn't feel, um, you know, welcoming to me. It, was, it didn't have this, this lovely flow of energy. And I'm quite sensitive to light and to energy. So when I go into a room... If that energy doesn't flow, I'm really kind of, I get it straight away, like where the desks are set up. So I said to him, maybe start with simple things like the ergonomic setup for your team so that they feel comfortable. Because Mm. if if we're posturally really comfortable at our desks and everything's set up well, then you get a better flow of energy through the body. You're more productive. You don't get as tired. You don't get as stressed. Um, and that stress doesn't manifest physically. Mm. So, and then I said to him, how about letting everyone choose a plant? And they all have their own plants next to their desk or on their desk. So they did, and they all named their own plants, which was kind of <laughs> cute. So uh, there was Thelma, there was Mavis, there was loads of really funky plants. And you could see people's individual personalities from the plants that they chose. Okay, so then suddenly you've got some lovely life in that office. Mm. So you've brought in something which is has health benefits. You've set them up ergonomically, so everyone's got a lovely position. You insist that he implemented a policy where everyone had to get up from their desk on the hour and move, move around, even if it was just to go to the loo, go to the kitchen, have a bit of a stretch, get the body moving. Okay, and they would have like they would have people in place to kind of remind each other. You know, it was like a little exchange. There's only there's only 20 people on this team, so it's not a massive team. Um, and then they sat down and had conversations that said, "What is it you, that you need?" And that's quite that's kind of fearful for a small business owner because they're frightened sometimes of what they're going to hear. Mm. They're frightened that that member of staff is going to say oh, well, I need to just work at home five days a week because I need to be with my dog. And and for a small business owner, that's not always an option. They need their team to come together. They Mm. need to see, you know, we need to collaborate. We need to share ideas. And we need to be together because we're human. Mm. So, but you can adapt. You can just offer some of it. So you can say, okay, well, that could work for us as a business, but could we compromise on that? And generally, you know, when you ask people, they don't take advantage. Most people actually are quite reasonable in their requests. So I think that's where I would start. I would start by putting some simple things in place that show that I care about people's physical Mm -hmm. and mental well-being. Um, And then I would also look at their individual style. 
you know, is this right for their style? And then I would start talking to them individually. Okay, what is it? Would you like a voucher for a treatment once a month? I know you suffer with migraines because you've told me. Would it help if you had a treatment around the corner once a month that you could go to in your lunch hour or straight from work? That kind of thing. It's it's interesting, isn't it? And you you just given out some real gems there. Um, you're probably not realising, but that environment piece is really important. That ergonomic ergonomics and also yeah the whole plants and natural I mean nature within the in, yeah. context in the office is really good. But I think that for me, whether you call it secret sauce or or, or real gem is is gaining the engagement and the feedback from your team and getting them mm. to contribute. Because I think often strategies, whether that's well-being strategy or any strategies, uh, tend to be a little bit, and certainly in a smaller business, a little bit top-down. Yeah, and I do. There's an element of leading, an element of envisioning. Yeah. I appreciate that. And leaders got to lead. But actually, when you engage and say, what do you think? You know, what, you know we're coming up with this sort of well-being, trying to look after you holistically. What are your thoughts on yeah. that? Yeah, what do you and, need? And then that starts to actually, you then you turn it on its head really because the actual by doing that you're helping with a well-being you're creating engagement increased yeah. productivity they're listening to me and it's a virtuous circle that starts to happen mm. isn't it they're leading it so they're taking ownership it's a bit like you know when you make decisions within a business you know um you want your team to be in on that you don't want them to think oh you're making decisions they're going god what's that all about you want them to feel yeah i'm part of this um, so if they're part of their own well-being program, because it, and it's personal to them, and as I say, generally, it, you know, something quite often it costs less to let the team drive it, mm. because sometimes they just say, oh yeah, there's a few of us that quite like, you know, going to the pub once a month, but there'll be ones that don't want to do that, and you can't force people to go and drink. Some people don't drink, mm. and pubs are places where you just think you've got to have a gin and tonic or a beer. So yeah. what's the point in trying to force someone that really like might have someone at home that they need to get home to, to mm. go to the pub? Then they feel kind of left out. So you create this kind of this environment that says, if you want to do that, great, come along. But if mm. you don't, what what's going to help you? What's going to make you feel good mm. and part of this team? So it's yeah, almost like, almost creating a almost a framework, and then yeah. You know, I've been in organisations where we're doing this, this, and this, and, and I hear people around, oh, I don't want to do that. And so actually a framework, but there's a element of choice and contribution, and actually yeah. it's led really from from the people. Um, yeah. I think this morning, uh, Isabel, you've, you've given some real good advice there and insights and help and really practical advice. That's I really like that, and like your example that of your that company you've just been working with. Mm. Um, if people want to get in touch with you and uh, get to know you more, uh, what's the best way of doing that? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, because we all need to be on LinkedIn. So they can message me through LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram as a coach for life, the number four, a coach for life, or Isabel Cripps. Um, so, yeah, they can contact me those ways. And, and I'm always happy just to chat with people to throw ideas around. I think, you know, small businesses, you know, quite often they, they kind of go, oh, well, we haven't got the budget to bring someone on. But I'm, I'm a person that just loves to support people to move forward. So if it's just a conversation, then that that's a good thing. And um, you know, I'm very I'm very blessed because I get through my work to meet lots of interesting people, and I see how I see how some small businesses really get it right, 
So if I can share some of what other people are doing mm. and other people can just take that on, then then happy days. You know, that's that's what a good working culture is all about. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today, Isabel. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you. If you like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.